Good morning. Oh man, it's so good to be here. Um, my name's Tommy, and uh, I'm just, I was, uh, Pastor Dave asked me to uh, share my testimony a few, uh, a few weeks back, and, and my heart just leapt, and I said, yes, yes, I would love to come and share. Um, this place is so amazing uh, to be here at the center. Uh, I know how many, I don't know, I know it's a lot of hours and time and prayer and faith it took to be in this center. And so uh, I came a few months back and uh, Pastor Dave asked me to, to come and to, and to see the space and to pray together. And so I, I parked out out here on the road and it was in the middle of like a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon and I started walking along the side here and I was looking at my phone to make sure I knew which the address what address was and I tripped over the curb and banged my head into one of the street signs um, and it, it hurt really really bad and and I had a big red mark on my forehead um, right right over here I remember you, Spot, and I'm avoiding you in the future. Um, and so I came up to the window here. I'm like, okay, 49, here we are. And I saw all the pictures on the wall, and I saw the, uh, the vision statement, and I, I was reading it, and I was just like looking at it. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. We need to share more vision of what we're doing in Bridgewater, and I'll share that in a moment. And I'm, I'm looking, and I'm reading everything, and uh, I feel this like presence come up next to me, and I kind of stepped back, and this gentleman came up right next to me, and he's looking at it too. And he looks and turns to me, he goes, aren't you excited about what's gonna happen here? And I was like, yes, hi, I'm Tommy, what's your name? And he told me his name, and he's like, I can't wait for this place to open. And uh, I was like, oh, I can't wait either, it's, it's gonna be amazing. And I was like, have you, have you met pastor or any of the folks here? He goes, no, he goes, I walk by here, Every day, he goes, I'm going to get my laundry right now. I was like, well, I hope that you come back because they're going to do some amazing, amazing things here. And so I don't know if, if he might even be here now. Hi again. That was me. Um, and so uh, I'm, just, I'm just so excited to be here. We, Pastor Dave and I, we just kind of walked around and they were fixing the walls over there. And, and here we are. And I just think this is, this is incredible because I know... I know again how, how much work and, uh, and energy it takes to get here. And um, so I wanna share my story with you, our story. This isn't about me, this is about community and uh, how we got to what we're doing in Bridgewater, just down the road. And um, so I was a youth pastor for many years uh, in Bridgewater. And one afternoon I was uh, at Cumberland Farms, probably grabbing my 99 cent coffee dollar six, I think, if you have to pay tax, which we do. Well, I grabbed the dollar and the six cents. So I'm sitting there in the parking lot enjoying it for a moment, and there's this group of teenagers right in front of me, uh, and there's about six or seven of them just hanging out. And I'm sitting there, and I saw the manager or uh, one of the workers from Cumberland Farms come out and tell them they need to leave. He said, he said you guys, you've been here long enough. You need, you need to go. And they weren't really causing any problems that I saw. They're just, you know, being kids. And so they respectfully grabbed their, their drinks and they, and they left. And I just remember in that moment sitting there and I thought to myself, where are these kids going to go? 
I just, I hadn't, I felt like I thought about that. I, it, just, it just hit me. I just said, where are they going to go right now? What are they going to go do? They're not welcome here. And I saw the sign right, on, right in Bridgewater Center. There's a, there's a sign right there. It says, no loitering. And I thought to myself, wow, that's really sad. Where are they going to go? And a seed was planted in me that day. And that day I said, you know what? I need, to, I need to be a part of the solution here and figure out a place where these kids can hang out. And that's really where this all started for me, to have a place. And I knew God was doing something. And so we started to explore some, some different options. And Becky's even here today. And she was, she was part of that as well. And we're like, we can do something. We can open up a center, an after-school program, something here in Bridgewater. It would be really cool. And we, we tried some different things that kind of hit some dead ends. And then you know what happened? Life. Life happened. And circumstances happened that I didn't expect to happen. And I found myself in the middle of a divorce. I had been married for about 15 years. And all of a sudden, I was, found myself with someone that didn't want to be married anymore. And it was, at the time, certainly the most painful thing I had ever been through. And I, I tried everything to keep that going. And I found, I felt like the rug had just been pulled out from underneath me. And I was flat on my face. And you know, sometimes, and I didn't know it in the moment, but sometimes when you're flat on your face, it's actually the best place you can be. Because it's in those moments where you say, everything is out of your control. And you're sitting there staring at the ground and I feel like it's in those moments often that God says, now, now I can work. Now I can, now I can do something. He doesn't wish that for us. He doesn't want us to suffer and go through that type of pain. But he says, now I can do something. And so those were dark days. But, and I wish I could share the stories of the community of people around me that lifted me up in that time. Story after story, miracle after miracle happened in those days where my, uh, uh, David spoke, spoke about it today, the prayers of the community, I felt like carried me. And you know, it was about a year or so later after my divorce that I, I moved away and I wasn't sure if I would be back. I was in ministry, they wanted me to stay, I just had to get away. And I felt God release me to be able to do that. Um, and so I did. I, I went away and I went up to Portland, Maine, which is beautiful. Um, but even though I was doing something different, God's plans for us don't just go away. And He is faithful. It's us who get sidetracked sometimes, right? Many times, it's just not the right times and right time for something. And sometimes it requires a season of growing. It's necessary before we jump into what God has for us. And often we suffer hardships and setbacks and pain, things we don't expect. But if we keep our eyes on Him, if we are willing, He's always willing, He will bring us back to the center of his will. So I moved up north and shortly after I met my wife Elena and I prayed that God would lead me to a godly 
woman with a big heart and he certainly did not disappoint. We got married and we started a family. And so, ten, four, four years later, 10 kids? No, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> How did that happen? Four kids later, and 10, four kids and 10 years later, thank you. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> this dream that I had, that God had planted in me, along with Elena's, began to blossom. It began to, come, began to become a reality. And our dream was to love our neighbors by starting a community center, uh, something I've always wanted to do. And for Elena, she always wanted to open a coffee shop or a bakery and employ individuals with disabilities, individuals of all abilities. And that was the heart and is the heart behind her vision. And so we moved to the South Shore. We felt called to Bridgewater. And we began to make connections and build relationships, mostly through our kids. Those of you that know, they do sports, they do different things. You start meeting the parents, Cub Scouts. And we began to put roots down. And, we, and God began to open our eyes and our heart to this community. And we wanted to love them well. And so finally, about two years ago, we were ready to go for it. God had given us the resources to finally do something. And we wanted to be intentional about investing in our community and to be church. I like your website. It says, be the church. Not just do church, be church by loving our neighbors in a practical way. And this community center, this coffee shop idea was our way to encourage others to build relationships, to create programs, to offer activities, after school programs, arts, music, and of course, really delicious coffee and treats. And that is, that is what church is to me. I mean, it is important to gather here on Sunday mornings, but to be church is what we're called to do, not just inside the walls of a church building. And you guys clearly get that, and I love it. Sunday worship times are great and necessary, but we are church wherever we go. Whatever we do, we are temples of God. We're praying for Christina this morning. We're saying God's spirit is in her. He, she takes him wherever she goes, off to college or at the coffee shop or wherever. We are the temples. We carry his spirit. And wherever we gather, he is there. It could be having lunch with friends. It could be spending time at a nursing home, donating at a food pantry, starting a business, praying for a friend, cleaning the town park. doesn't matter. We carry God's spirit with us. The temple of God in us is us. So we began to look for a place. We began to look around Bridgewater Center and see, because we felt called specifically to that area, and we came across this old parish hall, this old building um, that was built in 1836. It was right in the center of town, right on the campus uh, of the university. I needed a ton of work, um, and it didn't have a working kitchen. So our idea of having a combined kind of community center coffee shop was not seeming possible. So we said, well, let's start with the community center. Let's get that going, and let's get that off the ground. Um, let's put the money and the time and the effort, and we had folks around us that, um, that uh, came alongside and encouraged us to do just that. But I felt God, because I was like, I would go back and forth, like, do we want to make this investment? Do we want to do this? God, are you in this? And I felt God clearly say to me, secure the space. 
Secure the space. Like, just get in there and trust me. You don't know all that is going to happen. What you need to do right now is just take the step forward and secure the space. So what does that even mean? We were like, well, okay, we'll create a lease. So we drew up a lease um, and we signed it and we had, we had the space. And we began to go into the space and we began to pray. We just we started there. Didn't have any pain on the walls, didn't have much going on. We just started to pray. And God began to break my heart for this community. It's amazing what happens when we give him the time to get on our knees or to walk around in prayer, however you want to do it, but we give him the time, we talk to him, what he does to us. Because I had always done high school ministry and that was great and college was, was great, but I, def, I never felt called to college ministry, but all of a sudden God began to break my heart for these young people that were right across the street and what they are doing to try to fill the hole in their heart that they have no idea they're even trying to fill it. And what are they filling it with? And we don't need to get into that. It's all kinds of stuff. So he began to break my heart and I began to envision young people walking into the building, meeting a loving, kind, caring individual that greets them and welcomes them and conversations begin. I began to think about families, families that we've connected with, um, parents of our, of our kids' friends and having those conversations, hey, just come for coffee, just come hang out. Uh, getting together and uh, coming up with ideas to serve the poor, the, the hungry, um, a concert, a seminar, a service project, whatever. I just, I, all of a sudden I was like, okay, God, you're going to do some amazing things here. And then God gave me a dream. So that was kind of like, I had that, that moment in the parking lot where it was like no loitering. I was like, we need to do something about this. But then I had a dream. And I'm not like really a dream guy. I'm not like I have these prophetic dreams all the time. Um, but I had, I had a dream. And you know the, the passage in Acts 2.17, uh, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. And I had a dream, and I was like, I'm an old man. <laughs> when did that happen? It's like, it wasn't a vision. Maybe it was a vision. Maybe I'm still a young guy. No, I had a dream, and it was like 5 o'clock in the morning. I'd, fallen, I'd woken up, fallen back asleep, and this is the, the, it was a series of, of things that happened. This is the weirdest and the only time this ever happened to me. It's probably for like an hour and a half straight. I would get these, the, I would, I, I felt like fall asleep and I'd have this dream and I would wake up and I would grab my iPhone and I would open up my notes app and I would write it down. And then I fell back asleep. I got something else. I woke up, I wrote it down and I have this whole thing in my phone. And the first thing that, that I felt like I was told in this first dream, I felt like I was, it, it said, God is building his global army and he is looking for generals. That definitely has to be from God, because that's like, what is that? I've, wasn't, I've never been in the military. God is building his global army, and he's looking for generals. And I believe that God is preparing us for an outpouring of, God, of his spirit to something like we have never seen before in our lifetime. And as a church globally... All of us included. Again, we are the temples of God. So I'm the church, you're the church, and we gather together, we're the church. The church globally has to be ready for this harvest that I believe is coming. We need to think about church differently. You guys are doing that already. We have to keep our ear to the ground 
and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Because how do we reach this generation right now? People aren't flocking to churches anymore. How do we reach this generation with the hope of Jesus if we're not listening to what the Spirit is saying in this place and in this time? And the term generals, to me, as I've meditated this on about, for about a year and a half now, it, it just means leadership. It means getting in the game. It means individually, as people, in our lives, with our family, leading our, in our community, but it also means corporately as a body. And I believe that what you're doing here in Taunton and what we're doing in Bridgewater is part of his plan to effectively share the love of Jesus and connect his lost sheep with him. Because that is his heart, ultimately, is for his sheep, his people, to know that he loves them. So as generals, as leaders, we listen, we strategize, we plan, we prepare, we create, we dream, and we ready the troops. And it's about relationships. It's about stepping outside of our traditional church walls, which you have done just recently. Amazing. Stepping out of our comfort zones and caring for our neighbor. Welcoming all who want to come and want to know who our Savior is and loving them in a practical way. Mark, uh, the book of Mark in chapter 2, Jesus is the in chapters, um, or verses 13 through 17, Jesus is uh, early in his ministry. And he's walking around, he's hanging around, he's out by the lake. It's great, be by the lake, doing ministry by the lake. And he's, and he's teaching this crowd, so he's, he's starting to get momentum. People are starting to see, hey, this guy's different, and they're starting to follow him, and they're flocking to him wherever he goes. And so this is in the beginning when he's calling the disciples. So he's teaching, he's hanging out, and he's calling his disciples, his, maybe his generals, his, his leaders. And, he, and he's calling Levi here, which is Matthew in the other Gospels. Um, and Matthew is a tax collector. And everybody hated the tax collector. Anyone here works for the IRS, I'm sorry. We love you, but we don't like giving our money to you. Typically, um, but people at this time, these tax collectors were corrupt. They would take advantage of people. They would get anything, any more money they could get from someone, they, they would, and they got to keep it. And so people looked at them as thieves, um, as, uh, as, as bullies. They would bully to try to get more. And this was what Levi did. This, is what he, this was his profession. And Jesus is walking along and he's like, Levi, let's go. And what does he do? He, draw, he, he, he walks away from this lucrative position that he's in. And I imagine the rest of the disciples like, what, him? No, no, uh-uh. Jesus says, let's go. And so what does Levi do? He throws a party, invites Jesus and his disciples. They're hanging out at Levi's house. It's a celebration, it's a dinner party. And he's reclining at the table, hanging out, just being there. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time, are looking at, uh, at this and they're going, Ooh. because Jesus is, again, coming on the scene, like, okay, kind of respect, he's a good teacher. And he's like, they're like, what is he doing hanging out with those tax collectors and sinners? What is he doing? What is he thinking about? Why is he doing that? And on hearing this, Jesus said to him, said, said, to, uh, said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
I have come, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, Jesus is about transformation. And the Pharisees are about separation. Jesus is about relationship and community where all are welcome. And the Pharisees, what they did is they built walls around themselves. They separated themselves from anything they deemed unclean, including people. And Jesus, well, he said, I didn't come to hang out with a bunch of Christians. Now, don't take that offensively. He had his disciples. He had his people. He wanted people. To, but his mission wasn't just to hang around with, with his Christian buddies. Missionally, he came to be with the unclean, the sick and the hurting, the hated, the outcast, the unloved, to spend time with them, to teach them, to eat with them, to hang out with them. And this takes me to one of the next parts of my little dream thing. I got this picture. Because if you're in an army, and you're, you're if God is saying, prepare my global army, well, typically in, uh, you know, in, in battle, you need weapons. And so God gave me this picture of a, wait for it, a casserole dish. A casserole dish. And it, I heard words, this is a weapon of warfare. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? What does it? And I just woke up, and okay, write it down. It's a weapon of warfare. And again, as I've processed this, and, and pretty quick, I, I, I kind of start to figure this out. It's about community. It's about being together. Nobody really makes a casserole and eats it themselves. I mean, no judgment if you do. <laughs> but you typically make a, ca a casserole because you're going to share it with someone. It's about community. It's about being together. It's about relationships. The casserole, to dish, the casserole dish to me equaled the power of community. What happens when we come together? What can we do? A casserole is meant to be shared. And when we are together, we can push back the darkness. We can, we can um, fight the battle because we're not doing it alone. So this was all coming to me. This is before any of this, you know, any, anything really happened with the, with the community center. And so I'm in, this, in the dream, another, another little thing. I'm standing outside of Cedar Street and there are young people lined up on, um, on the sidewalk. And I just, again, I'm standing there and I'm looking and there's the community centers here and I see this sidewalk and there's a sidewalk right in front of it and I see these young people lined up. And I see this hand come from behind me. And it was like, I just intuitively knew it was God's hand. It was like this big hand. And he was, he was wiping off the sidewalk. He was clearing away. He was moving things out of the way so that these young people could get into the building. It was really, really cool. And so I knew that this was the place that God wanted us to be. But in every move of God, there is opposition. We know that. We've been through that. All of us that have walked with God. 
There's the devil that tries to stop it, to kill, to destroy any dream that God gives you. And I knew this was from God and it was clear to me that I needed to keep moving forward and not let the distractions stop me and stop us from pursuing this, pursuing this vision. But it seemed like the more, the more we, we got into it, the more obstacles began to get in our way, like a handicap ramp. And I know, you know, access, like towns, like things, we had to put a handicap in. It was super expensive. It's like a 50-foot handicap ramp that we had to put in. And again, it was like, all right, well, I, I got the dream, uh, got the words, but how are we going to do a handicap ramp, God? You know? And he's like, really, Tommy? Really? It's like, just, just pay for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. We can do that. Don't worry. And people came alongside and people supported and people gave and we were able to do that. And it was at this kind of point where I met, where I met Pastor Dave. He reached out to me. Someone had, had told him what we were doing and, uh, and he reached out and he said, I'd love to grab lunch. And I cannot tell you how encouraging it was to meet him because he was doing this simultaneously. And we had lunch at Panera, and he started sharing his things, and we, we just connected. And I was like, oh, my goodness, there's someone else. <laughs> there's someone else that gets it. And uh, um, it just, it just a family, my, my sister, my brother-in-law, like um, uh, our friends, um, the church that we are renting from have been, have been such a blessing. They're like, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, you know? And, um, and so the, it just, God has made a way for every obstacle. Um, I'd like to pause here just for a moment. If we could, if, if we could show, I just want to give you a visual. Uh, we, we weren't able to get the audio up. Oh, oh, we got. Right, right. Let's reimagine community. My name is Tommy Hogan. No. Um, so. This is, we put this little blurb together, um, but this is the center, this is the space. And we went in and we, we painted, we built a kitchen, we, we, we did a lot. And really the idea behind this is to, is to cast some vision and to say, what happens if we reimagine community, if we reimagine church in many ways? And so, arts, music, groups, all those things that I know you guys are, are, are thinking of doing at the same time. Um, we want to do it in Bridgewater, near the college. Community was always the solution. Let's reimagine it together. That's what I'm saying there. In my uh, shirt that I bought that morning and didn't iron it. I don't know if anybody caught that. But... I just, a little, thank you. Um, that, that's just kind of picture, we're, we're right downtown. So I wanna just wrap up by just sharing a little bit about how the, our dreams combine together. Um, Nicole mentioned about the boundless being. And so um, in the middle of, of, of getting the community center up and running, we had this opportunity from somebody that we knew it said that their storefront in Bridgewater Center is available for lease. And it was a, previously a restaurant, a really small little spot. And um, it was not the right time for us. Um, Elena you know, um, uh, is dealing with a heart issue. 
Um, it's it's uh, all consuming often for her and she pushes herself. Whew, don't go there. <laughs> Sorry. Every day. To make her dream and our dream come alive to, uh, to love our neighbors. So this opportunity came and we're like, we can't, this is, this is crazy, but we, we prayed about it, we talked about it, and I'm the dreamer, just so you know, I'm like, this is, this is gonna be great, like, you're gonna be healed and everything's gonna be fine, and, and, and she's like, let's live in reality. And that's, you know, typically, but she goes, I think we're supposed to do this. It was this incredible, she goes, and this was God. I think we're supposed to do this and pursue this. And so, and so we did. So we kind of paused renovations at the community center and we jumped in across the street, just, just right around the corner of, of renovating this, this old um, restaurant and uh, to put in the boundless bean. And the boundless bean, um, you know, the idea, as I mentioned, is to uh, employ individuals of all abilities. Um, we have many of our staff need support. A lot have intellectual disabilities. And it can be challenging. But her dream and always has been to give them a meaningful place to work, to, to teach them, to train them, um, to show them they are valuable and they can contribute and they can be uh, a part of our everyday lives. And so we did this in faith. Um, and she's an incredible baker. She talked about sticky buns, which are cinnamon rolls that have just kind of taken over, taken over the whole boundless bean. Everybody wants a cinnamon roll. And this, the really cool story behind it, and I have, to, I have to share this because it's just so God, it's just so funny. I was out at a conference in California and um, there's seminars going on all day, and you sit there and you listen to different things. It was like it was a church thing, and they had this prayer chapel. So I'm out at the prayer chapel by myself, just taking a break, and I'm just sitting there praying. And there's this gentleman just kind of walking around. There's like a fountain in the middle, and he um, and so I, you know, no interaction, and I leave. I I walk out the door, and he comes behind me, and he he, he says, "Excuse me, sir," in this really thick accent. And, but I could hear him clearly. Sometimes I have a hard time hearing thick accents and understand what I'm saying. Um, I could hear him so clearly. And he was so warm and sweet and kind. And he just said, I feel like God has a word for you. And these are, these are the coolest moments. Um, when, you, when it's unexpected, he goes, I feel like God has a word for you. And I just want to share it with you. He's like, God is all over you and your wife. He's like, in your business. Now, we had no business when this was... This was two years ago. We had no business. This was before the community center. This was before the boundless being. He goes, in your business. He says, it's going to be sweet. It's going to be, God's going to provide every need. And then he, he, takes, he takes my hand and he holds it out. And he does this. I don't know how I can, I can do this here. Oh, maybe I'll put it in here for a moment. Um, and, uh, hi. He takes my hand. He takes my hand. And, uh, and he does this circle like this. He goes, your business is going to be as sweet as a cinnamon roll. And I'm like, this dude's touching my hand. I was like, and Elena's never made a cinnamon roll in her life, but okay. And he has these other cool words, just encouraging words about my family and about my kids. And um, I, so I... I I looked up later, like he gave me his name, and his name was Fanau, F-I-N-A-U, and it's just, I didn't know this, it's a Samoan name, and it means contender. And I was like, if there was ever, like, an, you felt like you were in an angelic encounter, like that was it. And he was just, in the stuff he said, 
and he does this cinnamon roll thing in my hand. And so I tell Elena, and I said, um, I had this really cool thing. I was like, this guy is like, 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 don't worry about our business. Everything's gonna be like someday when we do this, like it's gonna be great. And he's, and I was like, I think, you know, he talked about cinnamon rolls, and he's like, I've never made a cinnamon roll in my life. I'm like, well, you need to figure it out because I think it's gonna be big. And so we started with a coffee shop. She made, she made a batch of, she made some cinnamon rolls at home. She's like, that's not good enough. And she does again, that's not good enough. And she does it again, and I'm just like, ah, this is so good. What do you mean? delicious um, and then she it was like the last one she's like okay I think I got it and the, the crazy part about the whole thing is she doesn't even like cinnamon rolls and so um, and now they are all consuming love you babe um, gonna take over the entire kitchen so we sold out we sold out the next day we sold out the next day we can't we literally can't make enough cinnamon rolls to to please the town community of Bridgewater get there early if you want one that's all I have to say um, so it was just this Another thing that's, that, that God is just saying, Tommy, Elena, I'm in this. You can, you can trust me. Um, but the challenges keep coming. They really do. Yesterday, our fridge broke down uh, on Friday night. It just stopped working. All our cinnamon rolls for the next day in there, all our milk, all our uh, shakuri boxes, all our everything was just... And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, like, it was like to shut down the business for the day. Like Saturdays are pretty much our busiest day. They line up around the corner. I had taken pre-orders. I messed that up the night before. It was just a mess. And we just were like, yesterday morning, we were just like crying. And we're like, oh, this is hard. This is, this is hard. And, uh, but again, community, family, shows up, helps clean things up. My brother-in-law comes over. We get rid of that fridge. We bring in another fridge. We get to go today to get to get uh, milk and all this stuff for tomorrow. Um, but some days it can feel really defeating. And yesterday was one of those really hard days. I think my eyes are still a little puffy because it, it was just a hard day. You feel like, Lord, we're doing this. We're doing this. Why do these things keep happening? And he just reminds me, I'm with you. I'm with you. Make cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Different kinds. Apple spice. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> Just keep making them. Um, and so today I feel today I feel okay. Today I feel good to be able to come and share. And um, so we are meeting today for the first time after this, our faith community. So we felt called to to not just it was originally just supposed to be a community center to be church, but God has been very clear that we're supposed to also start a, a small faith community, and we're meeting today for the first time. We're going to have lunch together at one o'clock today after this, and um, and so it's all kind of come to a head. And I felt like the enemy yesterday was like trying, just like a last last ditch effort, like stop it all, don't do any of this. And I'm like, no, we're doing this. God is good. God is bigger, and we're going to keep moving forward. So I want to just wrap up. I just want to encourage you this morning. If you're feeling stuck, I'm here to tell you that God can help. God can help today. Talk to a friend. Ask for prayer. Don't do it alone. He's always about moving forward. When I went through my divorce, I felt this shame. I was a pastor. I was a Christian. And that was just not an option for me. And then I realized I, 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 I can't make somebody stay. And I carried this shame with me. For a long time, it's hard to even share, kind of publicly sometimes. But 
God is about moving forward. He says, your past is in your past. Your sin is in the past. Your, your troubles, like we can start today and we can move forward together. And I just want to encourage you that this morning. Um, we're going to take communion this morning. And just as we, as we do that, David's going to come up and he's going to share. Um, I just want you to be reminded that this is, this is what it's about. It's about Jesus. It's about the blood of Christ that, that covers all our sin, covers all our stuff, and makes us new, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, we're new creations in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And his, and his, his body that he gives to us, the bread of life. And we eat that and we drink that we drink the water, the, 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 the living water, then we thirst no more. And so and it's about community. Pretend this is a little casserole dish here. And we're gonna we're gonna eat it together in a few minutes. And so Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for my friends here. Thank you for their encouragement. I'm so excited about what you're gonna do in this space. It's just beginning. It is just beginning. And still more work to be done here to get this place. I pray for financial blessing and resources to come and to do it, Lord, to, just, to help them get it done without any stress, without any strife, without any worry, Lord. And those doors would be open as people come in for coffee here. Maybe a cinnamon roll we partner up together. We can do that too. Whatever it is, Lord. We want to be a part. We want to do this together. This isn't about Taunton and about Bridgewater and what we're doing in our separate areas. No, we want to do it together. We want to encourage one another. And so, Lord, I pray blessings on each individual here. I pray, Lord, if nobody knows who you are, if they haven't made that decision this morning, they would say yes to you. Would you do that today? If you've never said yes to Jesus, it's as simple as yes, Lord. I want to follow you today. Let someone know here if you've done that. It's an opportunity every day. I never want to miss an opportunity to give an invitation to say yes to Jesus because he is amazing. He is the answer. And so, Lord, we love you and we thank you for this, for this time today. We ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen.